A group of young activists are suing the state of Montana in a groundbreaking climate case. We're going to break that down here in this episode of The Left Wing. My name is Desmond Price. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Erica from Cocktails and Capitalism and John Cooper from Counterpoint Politics. The case that is coming through the state of Montana right now is referred to as Held v. Montana. I'm going to read off some of the specifics of what this case is, and we're going to talk about why this case is so important afterwards. So Held v. Montana is a constitutional climate lawsuit brought by 16 Montana youth against their state to protect their equal rights to a healthy environment, life, dignity, and freedom. They are suing because their government keeps promoting the fossil fuel extraction and burning, which is worsening the climate crisis and harming these youth's lives. Now, the question that I had asked myself when I first came across this is, why haven't we seen something like this before? And what's actually allowing the these people in Montana to actually be able to bring something like this to trial in the first place? Because that, that seemed a little odd to me because I was like, if that's the case, why haven't we seen this somewhere else? But, you know, particularly this comes from the state constitution in Montana, which has in the constitution uh, in section three inalienable rights. It says that all persons are born free and have certain inalienable rights. They include the right to a clean, health, healthy environment and the rights of pursuing life's basic necessities, enjoying and defending their lives and liberties and acquiring, possessing, uh, protecting property, seeking in their safety. And also going into the next section here, protecting and improvements, the state and each person shall remain and maintain to improve a clean and healthy environment in Montana for present and future generations. Now, energy statistics show that Montana holds 30% of the U.S. recoverable coal reserves and produces the fourth most coal in the U.S. states from six mines. Nearly half of its coal is exported to other states, while one-fourth goes to Western Canada and often to Asia. Meanwhile, Montana's average temperatures have risen nearly two and a half degrees since the beginning of the 20th century, according to federal data. This is more than twice the global average. So the next question that I had was, what exactly are they trying to get from all of this? Like, like, what is the point of bringing this to trial as far as what are they trying to ask the state of Montana's government to do? And particularly what they're hoping to do is not seek money whatsoever. They are asking that the court to declare that Montana's fossil fuel energy policies and actions violate young people's state constitutional rights. They want the court to tell the government that it is unconstitutional to keep exploiting fossil fuels, and they need to keep fossil in the ground and transition to clean energy no later than 2050. So not tomorrow, not, not 10 years from now, but but 2050. So, so that's all they're asking for, right? I, it, personally, I don't think that that's that much of an ask, but you know, we will see, we'll see what the Montana Supreme Court decides to say. You know, my question that I have for y'all, first and foremost, as we kind of dive into this is, is this, is it worth it to try to go to court for something like this? And do you think it'll be successful? I think is it's it worth it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, <laughs> oh, I just, I just think it's absolutely worth it. I mean, I, I was watching interviews with some of these kids and they're saying things like we couldn't vote yet because we're too young. So the only pathway forward for us to make a difference in terms of the catastrophic impacts of climate change uh, from the fossil fuel industry is by going through the legislative process, going through the legislature, which is crazy for these young kids to be like, we need to take action. We can't make change by by voting yet. Let's just you know change it through the legal system. And I think 
that is really the pathway forward for if if we want to have hope about the climate, like laws need to change and we need to be, um, yeah, ba basically like setting these precedents like they are trying to clearly do, which would then potentially hold the rest of the United States more accountable. Um, and yeah, it's vitally important. I don't know if it's going to work or not, <laughs> but they are doing the right thing. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to work or not because it goes beyond my level of legal understanding. <laughs> However, from a political side and a public opinion side, I do think that this has a lot of things going for, it, and it's worth doing just in and of itself to continue to move the needle. We kind of discussed last week how various events, including the smoke cloud and and just these sort of undeniable climate change that is happening all around us is beginning to push more and more people toward action. And I think that what this lawsuit is bringing up is the rights thing. And where does someone's right to take fossil fuel from the ground and burn it or whatever, where does that right stop and my right to not breathe in smoke begin? You know, what That's at what question. point do the externalities of your actions when they start impeding other people's rights? you don't have a right to do them anymore. And I think that that is just a fundamental view of the way humans right, human rights work of like, yeah, you have the freedom of speech, but if you directly threaten someone, well, now you're impeding on their right to you know feel safe in their own environment. And this kind of goes right along with that. Um, and right now, the benefits of fossil fuels are being reaped by a very, 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 very tiny percentage of people. And the costs of them are being distributed amongst us all and no one more so than the youngest among us who are going to have to live with this far longer than the people who are making our laws right now and that is a you know if you look at public opinion polling on all of this it is deeply divided by generation because it's so obvious that the costs are going to be paid by the youngest of of us and our children yeah and and the fact that you know the people who are older were living through that lifestyle for so many years where they were able to just basically do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted and there was no repercussions for it so as somebody who's lived in montana since 2005 you know we have felt the effects of climate change in the state you know particularly it's been getting more and more smoky every single year i mean i actually didn't even experience any wildfire smoke in this state i think until 2012 and then ever since then it's been more or less every year and increasingly worse and worse and worse and worse. I mean, I think we've had maybe two years I can think of where there wasn't a significant chunk of our summer eaten up by wildfire smoke. Our winters are getting warmer. We are getting less snow, less time in sub-zero temperatures, which I'm sure everyone else probably thinks you're like, what? Isn't that a good thing? Uh, not quite for this state. We kind of really rely on having a huge snowpack which makes sure that our rivers are flowing correctly in, in the summertime. It's also another thing that, you know, keeps the fires from getting too bad. So it is something that we are living with in real time here in my state. You know, the overnight low temperatures, for instance, keep getting higher and higher, which is making it harder on people who don't have air conditioning because we used to rely on those cool temperatures at night to cool our places down. 
not so much anymore. So I am so happy to see something happen because the question I asked to y'all earlier is like, is this worth it or not? Is this a good idea? I think the answer to that question is absolutely something has to be done. And I hope that this is just the first step of many steps, you know, as far as what we can do to address what has become, in my opinion, I'll get to this a little bit later, a radical new organization here who is con currently controlling uh, the state of Montana and the Gianforte administration. I did want to quickly respond to uh, something that John said just about um, the cost of climate change being borne by uh, the the youth disproportionately. Um, I think one other thing about this case that makes it very important is that it kind of would set a precedent uh, with regard to the global South, which is being hugely, hugely disproportionately affected by the activities of highly industrialized, highly developed capitalist countries that are just, um, you know, that are reaping all the benefits of fossil fuels um, while the global South is getting hotter, where, um, you know, their ability to grow food, their ability to, you know, not have catastrophic storms and things like that's all that is all being drastically changed. Um, so the fact that like Montanans are experiencing twice the level of global temperature rise that that the average folks are experiencing like that is um, I think it says a lot or it potentially has a lot of um, ramifications for the global south. Yeah. And people talk, you know, now about oh there's so many immigrants coming from the global south and we, we don't want them here well what do you think is going to happen when they physically can't live there you know what do you, yeah. right now it's just economic incentive for the most part but it's going to get to a point where there's going to be large swaths of this planet that people are living in now that they will not be able to live in anymore and they're gonna have to come here they're gonna have to come up north People up north might have to come down south. Like there's going to be mass climate migration and we're completely unprepared for it. Uh, and the cost of that is again, going to be borne by, you know, these kids, you know, when, when, when that their generation's in power, that's when this stuff's going to be happening. And we're just kicking the can down the road and say, Hey, you're going to deal with this. I think it's very right for them to stand up and say, Hey, this isn't there. No, it, it's not. And honestly, one of the things I wanted to point out is there's been so many times over the years where I've looked at my my weather app, for instance, and the temperature where I was in Montana was hotter routinely than it was in Texas. It makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. And, and it's been like that for a few years now. And I, I mentioned earlier that the Gianforte administration, he's our current Republican governor, uh, has been a little radical. I kind of want to just give a little bit specifics of that really quickly here. This has come from an article of the Montana Free Press. It talks about Gianforte signing a bill to ban state agencies from analyzing climate impacts. So Montana Governor Greg Gianforte signed into law a bill that bars the state from considering climate impacts in its analysis of large projects such as coal mines and power plants. House Bill 971 was among the controversial energy and environment related proposals before the legislation this session, drawing more than a thousand comments, 95% of which were expressed in opposition to the measure. HB 971 bars state regulators 
like the Montana Department of Environmental Quality from including analysis of greenhouse gas emissions and climate impacts both within and outside Montana's borders when considering comprehensive reviews of large projects. It builds off of a decades-old law barring the state from including actual or potential impacts that are regional, national, or global in nature in environmental reviews. This also comes on the backs of our legislature removing our energy plan entirely, which had been in place for the last 40 years. They just took it out. Like, eh, we're done with this now. And that and that plan had been reviewed year over year. It's, it's the classic app. I can't see you. You can't see me. Depends. If we can't see the, the climate change happening, it's not going to hurt us, right? Like, like this is, yeah. it's what children do. <laughs> there's no, there's no one who isn't invested in the fossil fuel industry in America who thinks it's not a good idea to at least like study this shit. Yeah. Like, even the most hardcore, like people are like, oh no, climate change isn't caused by humans. But like, yeah, maybe we should just like, analyze it you know like, they, they can even agree to that you know right this we is... should know what the impacts actually are of the thing that we're gonna do <laughs> like, yeah. whoa, what a revolutionary idea you know this is also coming at a time where we keep having people push the idea that climate change can't be caused by humans and so Gianforte is basically like well what if we just not even try to understand it you know that'll yeah. just reinforce that bias <laughs> you know a couple weeks ago we had armchair psychology with john on a particular subject, right? I was wondering if we might be able to have uh, an anti-capitalist reading from Erica. What, what does it mean when a government decides that they, they don't even want to think about climate change when they're considering an energy project in their state? It just means that they have given a green light to the industries. That is all that that means, you know? There's no, there's no good reason to not understand the impacts of big projects that you are going to implement. There's no good reason. The only good reason is that these people that are allowing this are bought off or, or you know, they they believe in fossil fuels and they want to see that happen. There's, yeah, it's it's disturbing. It's disgusting. It's horrific. <laughs> John, do you have any, any, anything to add to that? <laughs> I, I completely concur. Uh, again, like this <laughs> This is one of those things where I don't care how much of a staunch Republican you are. You like if you have a pulse and a brain, you must be able to look at it and go, "Well, no, maybe we should at least have the knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. we should at least know what's happening, even if I'm going to disagree with what we should do about that. Like it seems pretty obvious that it's a good thing to like test these things." Um, and yeah. there is no legitimate, like, you make it, there's just no legitimate argument against it other than someone's paying me to say this. And it makes me think of, like, you, you know, you said that this is something that kids do. Like, this is the the equivalent of pulling the blanket over your head when you think that there's something scary in the room and that's going to protect you. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just, I, it's gone now, you know, I'm hidden by this protective blanket. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's honestly, it, you know, Gianforte, I believe, is the richest governor in America. 
uh, came into office with hundreds of millions of dollars worth of wealth. And so I'm not surprised at all that he would make a decision that obviously favors the fossil fuel industry. Um, as if they would let these kind of analysis stop them from greenlighting projects in the first place. But now they're going like, well, let's not even just think about the opposition, which is kind of on par with what the Republican supermajority has been doing in the session this, you know, in, in the last few months when they silenced Zoe Zephyr for the exact same thing. We don't even want to hear opposition to the things that we're trying to do. So for those who are interested in learning more about this case, I'll have some articles linked in the episode description, and you can follow along with the trial if you choose to do so.